and we are recording. Hello, listeners, wherever you are, and welcome to Fix This Flick, a podcast where two self-appointed movie critics deconstruct your favorite films and tell you how we'd make them better. I'm your host, Ali, and after starting my social justice series with guest host Shannon, I'm glad to be welcoming her back for our final entry in the series. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you. And yes, folks, somehow I got roped into this once again. I don't know, Ali, if I'd say I'm a self-appointed movie critic. I think I'm a boyfriend-appointed movie critic. Well, somebody's got to talk to me or else I'm just going to sound like a crazy person (laughs) talking to myself. But at least this time, it wasn't so bad because my auburn-haired sister, Julia Roberts, was on the menu. Yeah. To cap off our social justice movie series, we'll be fixing the legal drama that undeservedly earned Julia Roberts' her one and only Oscar. Wow, he just threw that little undeservedly in there, (laughs) nice and quick. Um, You have no actual training. I have kids. Learned a lot right there. Yeah, and I'm great with people. When I was first out of high school, I got married and had a kid too young. I'm an extremely fast learner. You got a really nice office. Look. You want my number. I do. How about this for number six? That's how old my daughter is. Eight is the age of my son. Two is how many times I've been divorced. Sixteen is the number of dollars I have in my bank account. I'm so glad we got that out of the way, because I didn't find you attractive either. Then we're even. (laughs) I'm smart, I'm hardworking, and I'll do anything, and I'm not leaving here without a job. Don't make me beg. In a law firm, you may want to rethink your wardrobe a little. Well, as long as I have one ass instead of two, I'll wear what I like if that's all right with you. You might want to rethink those ties. Why are there medical records and blood samples in real estate files? Would you mind if I investigate this a little further? What makes you think you can just walk in there and find what we need? They're called boobs, Ed. Can I just... Yeah, just... Exavalent chromium can be very harmful. So it kills people. Oh, yeah. You're a lawyer? Hell no. I hate lawyers. I just work for them. We're going to have to spend a little time filling in the holes in your research. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot, okay? I think we got off on the wrong foot here. That's all you got, lady. Two wrong feet and ugly shoes. You gotta find a different job or a different guy. For the first time in my life, I got people respecting me. Please, don't ask me to give it up. You're emotional, you're erratic, you make this personal, and it isn't. That is my work, my sweat, my time away from my kids. If that's not personal, I don't know what is. We're gonna get them, Aaron, aren't we? They're all signed, every single one. How did you do this? Seeing as how I have no brains or legal expertise, I just went out there and performed 634 sexual favors. I'm really quite tired. $20 million is more money than these people have ever dreamed of. These people don't dream about being rich. They dream about being able to watch their kids swim in a pool without worrying that they'll have to have a hysterectomy at the age of 20. By the way, we had that water brought in special for you folks. Aaron Brockovich is based on the real-life story of an actual Aaron Brockovich, a former beauty queen and single mother who, despite her complete lack of legal education, successfully forced a massive energy corporation into paying the then-largest settlement ever paid in a direct action lawsuit in the U.S. In this dramatized version, the passionate but abrasive Brockovich is played by Julia Roberts. Struggling to make ends meet and raise her three kids as the lawsuit consumes her every waking moment, Brockovich teams up with Ed Masry, played by Albert Finney, as they uncovered decades of water poisoning that has destroyed the lives of countless families. Brockovich will do anything to get justice for those families. 
but at what cost to her own family? When I wrote that, I did a pretty good job of making the movie sound more exciting than it actually turned out to be, didn't I? Yeah, I think it was the movie it could be, perhaps the movie it should have been. Well, we'll dissect why in a second. So, Aaron Brockovich was directed by Steven Soderbergh, whose most well-known work is the George Clooney starring Ocean's Eleven trilogy. Aaron Brockovich was nominated for five Oscars in 2000 including Best Picture. Aaron Brockovich garnered critical praise for Julia Roberts' performance in particular, a performance that won her a much-coveted Best Actress Oscar and is still considered among her career best. Audiences also loved the movie, which earned more than a quarter billion US dollars worldwide. So a few questions come to mind now. Did Aaron Brockovich deserve that high acclaim? And how does it hold up 21 years later? We'll soon be answering those questions, and we'll also talk about what worked for us in Aaron Brockovich what didn't, and see if we can come up with ideas that might redeem the movie, or at the very least, make it better. And at the very end, we'll pass our final judgment on whether the movie is fixable, fine just as it is, or damaged beyond repair. And before we get started, spoiler alert from here on out. So in our social justice movie series, we dissected four of Hollywood's hit and miss attempts at exploring Things like racism, sexism, corporate greed, and the failures of the legal system. Shannon, you join me for the first movie in the series, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Out of curiosity, was Aaron Brockovich better or worse? Well, I did not like either of them. So thank you for those wonderful date night ideas, Ali. Um, but I will I'm say that <laughs> Aaron Brockovich had, I guess, a little bit more redeeming quality in the fact that I like Julia Roberts. I think a lot of people do. It was kind of nice to see her in this role. The other movie, Three Billboards, didn't really have that in any of its characters. But it's kind of superficial because like, I like her because of the actor, not even because of the character. Because that character, Aaron Brockovich, leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, this movie is pretty much focused on Aaron's journey. So Aaron, as we mentioned earlier, is a single mom. She has two ex-husbands who we presume were abusive or deadbeats or something like that. So she has a very negative attitude towards men and kind of bitter against society in general, wouldn't you say? Yes, Aaron Brockovich portrays quite a compelling journey of a woman who begins being very bitter against society and then ends up also being very bitter against society, but she has a lot of money to prove for it. And that's the story of how you triumph in a capitalistic society, isn't it? More money solves all your problems. But yeah, so in the beginning of the movie, she's destitute, she's unemployed, and she's really hard up on money. She's trying to get jobs. And long story short, I think she gets into a car accident and she hires this guy, Ed Masry, as her lawyer. She loses the lawsuit and she gets very angry at Ed. And somehow. She shows up and starts working for <laughs> Yeah, him. somehow she ropes that bitterness into him owing her something. The gal's got moxie, you give yeah. her that. She's completely clueless about anything to do with the legal system, and she, she's one of those self-starter people who kind of figures it out as she goes along. And she does get intrigued by a particular case that she finds. Essentially, she discovers that there is an energy plant that's poisoning the nearby community. And this could seem like a really altruistic story, that she wants to help those people, but really what Ali first described is kind of that she wants to prove something and she's never really had a great job and she's really trying to show the world that she can do law. And I think that's what motivates her more than a desire to help people. And that's part of her personality, but also kind of a drawback, I think, for the movie. In the first half of the movie, the focus is on how she's struggling and she doesn't have time to basically take on this case while she's raising her three kids. She desperately tries to find the babysitter and 
the babysitter just abandons her kids with her next door neighbor who's what do you call those people he's like a motorcycle enthusiast he wears the you know the <laughs> i don't know you what can those tell people that are ali called. is really a bad boy yeah he's all about that motorcycle life you know he wears those leather jackets and he, he wears the bandana on his head i can't even remember the character's name he's just a person who seems like he has a rough exterior but he actually takes a shining to her kids and helps take care of them and they spark a little romance and so he's helping her take the kids but all that time she's spending on the case is putting a lot of friction on her family. Now, I have a question. I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder if the real Aaron Brockovich actually did form a romance with the guy that just happened to be living next door. Because if that's true, then I guess it's okay. But if it's fiction and they kind of just put it in there, that's a terrible plot device. She just happened to meet the guy who lived next door. And suddenly, and this really, when you're watching the movie, it's quite sudden. He's like living in her house, spending all the nights taking care of her kids. It seems a little unrealistic to me. Well, love is very mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love that you're a romantic, but I don't think that's what was going on between Aaron and that, that male character. Well, he was there to basically set up a conflict in her life. That's what I think is the first problem for me in this movie. We're presented with this person who has all these challenges, but I don't think we really see them impact her and we don't see the sacrifice that she's really making to be working on this major case which is something she's never done before and as you mentioned earlier it's something that she's never had before an opportunity to get some respect to actually do something important which i think is her top priority so just off the top of your head we, uh, we saw the movie a few days ago what were some examples they showed us of sacrifices she made she ate um a food item out of the can in her she kitchen did. after taking her kids to a restaurant. Yeah, she didn't eat with them in the restaurant. There was a big cockroach in the kitchen at one point. It's true, that cockroach was really triggering for her. It definitely spurs an argument that so somehow she dishes on the guy, the next door neighbor, saying, who lives like this? Who lives like this? Man, she should see some of the vermin that comes through my place. I've seen them. I've seen them. They, they might as well pay rent. <laughs> Beyond that, there isn't really much. I think at one point she misses... The first time her youngest daughter, who's I think 10 months old or something like that, says a word. And it's just little things like that that they kind of scatter in there. And I felt like while those are real examples of sacrifices, I suppose, it didn't really feel like a palpable dramatic sacrifice to be working on this case. I think there was a lot of opportunity to really up the stakes in showing what she was going through and making this thing work. Like maybe she was potentially being threatened of getting evicted from her home and she was really desperately living paycheck by paycheck. So I think a real good fix here would have been upping the stakes, showing a lot of places where it was really costing her to be working on this case and what was at stake if she didn't succeed in it. Like maybe even potentially losing her kids. Maybe there's an ex-husband who's battling her for custody, saying that it's an unfit home to live in or I don't know, anything else that comes to mind for you. This is important to Erin's character, but she never really even breaks down and you don't really feel her emotion. And that is part of who she is. So it's kind of a hard thing to navigate because she is really tough. But also at the same time as an audience member, if we're going to feel what she's feeling, we kind of need to see it. Otherwise, how else do it, does it come across to us? Well, you can still be stoic and not break down emotionally and face challenges, right? I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, I mean, if, it, if that's the case with her character's personality being the way it is, there was opportunity there and they didn't do it. And I think if they had done it, then we would have been more emotionally involved in her journey and really trying to pursue this case. Because I think when we were watching at one point, you pointed out that when she goes off for a week to investigate 
this case and she's looking into all the different families who were potentially impacted by this poison water that was left there by this massive energy corporation. And so she disappears for a week and she comes back and she finds out that she's been fired. And she drops the case like that and she just starts looking for another job. How important could it have been to her? I think that would have been a great place to like show that she was really passionate about the problem and helping the people who are being impacted by the poisoned water. But that doesn't actually come until a little bit later in the movie when she resumes working on the case because the lawyer comes and hires her back and she does not go easy, which is, is a good thing. You know, she negotiates with him really well. She's a tough lady, as we've mentioned many times before. Um, but it's only way after that where you kind of see her staring into the eyes of a child who has cancer and you think, oh, okay, maybe there is a glimpse of her really wanting to help this person. I think to have a really empathetic character to really get on board with her as a hero, that could have happened a lot earlier. The movie seems to be more about Aaron and her trying to get success and acceptance than the actual suffering of the people in this case. You mentioned that scene where she looks at a child, I think the child has cancer or something, and the camera zooms in and that's supposed to make us feel all this emotion. And then there's another scene where I think was one of the most effective ones where a woman who gets a tumor that turns out to actually be cancerous, she makes Aaron promise that they're, they're going to get those bastards. So we're always seeing the struggle of all those families who are suffering from all kinds of ailments, cancer. We see it through her eyes. And this is where I'm going to say that the movie should have showed more of that suffering, more of the anguish that those families went through, because that's the real power of the story. And this is where I'm going to come with my most dramatic fix for this movie. Perhaps this movie shouldn't have been called Aaron Brockovich. So I, re I referenced that woman who got the cancerous tumor earlier. What if she was the main character? She's the one who first comes into contact with Aaron Brockovich about the whole case. What if the movie was about her and Aaron Brockovich was a supporting character who helps her. I would say logically it would make sense to follow a person who's suffering from the causes of this poison water and from the very evil actions of this corporation and the lawyer person is secondary but also important maybe figuring out all the stuff about juggling their family and all that. That would certainly be a radically different movie than the one that we watched. Oh, you'd have to change the name. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty meta. It wouldn't be this epic Oscar-winning role for Julia Roberts, who everyone loves. Maybe Julia Roberts could have played yeah, the, the woman of cancer. She's versatile. But I think really the point that the filmmakers were making, and I don't know how much this has to do with the real-life story of Aaron Brockovich, but it's kind of a triumph of capitalism and the legal system, in a way. Along the journey, Aaron Brockovich receives financial and material rewards for the work that she's doing. And that's really the thing that keeps her going. And it's a big deal for her. Her um, lawyer boss provides her with a car. She gets some raises. She gets bonuses. Those are really the things that you see are sparking her to keep going on the journey. And at the end, of course, all the victims of the power plant, they get a lot of money. She gets a ton of money. So I think I just don't agree with the way they decide to frame this story as like a capitalism isn't so bad. It's okay. Everyone wins in the end. And money is a really great motivator as well. I would say that focusing on the redemptive factor with this other character, the actress, I don't know the character's name, but the actress is Marg Helgenberger, who was yeah, in CSI, CSI forever. Uh, I think she was actually great in the handful of scenes she was in this movie, and I could have totally seen her being the lead, lead actress, although she doesn't have that high-profile A-list status that Julia Roberts does. And to your point, if you want, even if you were the filmmakers and you wanted to show the triumph of the legal system and the power of capitalism, you could have shown that through... Mark Helgenberger's character. But we don't want to highlight too much suffering at the hands of capitalism. 
which if you focus too much on the victims of the power plant, then that's what you would get. So I think they're, I don't know if this is conscious or not, but the message that they're crafting, I feel like Zizek right now, but it's a very careful, (laughs) I think it's a very carefully portrayed thing where we want to highlight the importance of capitalism without looking at the dark side too much. Zizek, for anyone who doesn't know, is a Slovenian philosopher who's very anti-capitalist. And he can deconstruct anything a million times over. Oh, yeah. Totally recommend. Maybe we should recommend one of his documentaries at the end. I have another recommendation, though, that I think is very fitting. But before we get to that, my next question for you is, you love Julia Roberts. What did you think of her performance in this movie? I thought it was all right. I can see why, in comparison to some of her previous roles, this was kind of like, wow. This It elevated her as an actor because she wasn't the same sort of rom-com, leading lady, glamorous, or quirky person. It was really a different, it was a departure for her. So I thought she did a good job, you know. I think she was working within the character that she was given. I think, uh, especially in contrast to the movie I reviewed last time, which was Hidden Figures, the three main characters in Hidden Figures were very idealized, borderline flawless characters, and Erin Brockovich in this movie is certainly not flawless. She is volatile. She'll get into needless arguments and rants against people who don't deserve it throughout the whole movie. Almost to the point where it becomes a running gag, and there's a nice scene at the end where... She thinks she's going to get stiffed by her lawyer boss. He's actually giving her a much more generous amount, but she goes on a huge rant. And you say, oh, that's just Aaron being Aaron again. Yeah, so but I, I didn't like, like that. it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked that they didn't go for a very likable female lead. I think that's a trap that Hollywood movies often do where they want to showcase a female lead and they don't want to make her too antagonistic or unlikable so it's fair enough i would have just liked to see a little bit of growth and a transformation in her maybe she learned something through this experience about having confidence in herself and not having to lash out at people i don't know maybe that's for the sequel i don't know because the way the movie is presented is she already had all those qualities within her and she just needed the forum or opportunity to actually be allowed to do the work and showcase how good she is. She doesn't really go through any challenges or pitfalls during her journey of of fighting this massive corporation and winning that huge settlement for all those families. So I think my fix would be to add a little bit of transformation. Yes, she had everything she needed from the beginning, but maybe she gets to a point where she no longer feels like she has to prove it, like she's arrived somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the movie, especially with her lawyer boss slash partner, whatever he is, Ed Masry, that character's entire role is to just be cynical and shit on everything she's doing and saying, you know, oh, they're so big, they're going to bury us in paperwork. It's it's impossible. We have to... It's just a lot of that kind of stuff. He does pull through and bring the case to a larger legal team at some point, which gives Aaron more cause for lashing out and thinking that people are undermining her and whatnot. Oh, yeah, when they criticize her meticulous research and she goes on this epic rant about how she knows every phone number of the 400 families that she spoke to. Yes, and I think it's important to note that they didn't actually criticize her research. They complimented it and just said that they were going to add a few things. Oh, true. That uh, that is fair, yeah. So to the point about making her have some sort of growth, I think she should have gone through more of a challenge or self-doubt about her capabilities. And I had a few ideas of how that would have made the movie more interesting. One idea was to make Aaron do something ethically compromised, potentially dangerous, to win this case. So the whole thing, the smoking gun that finally opens the case and gets all those people the money is that a former employee, or I think a current employee of this energy corporation, he's really creepy and you thought he was a rapist or something in the beginning, which I think was intentional. They wanted to make him seem really creepy. 
he approaches her and he reveals that he has all these documents about what the energy company was doing in dumping this toxic material in the water. He proves that they knew about it. Yes, exactly. I felt like it was too simple and cut and dry. It was like almost at the very end of the movie. My idea was, what if she pushed him to give her those documents? Or maybe he had to go steal some more documents. And that came at the risk of destroying his life, his career. And even though she knew that, she was willing to risk this person's life and career and the livelihood of his family and all that to get that money. What do you think of that idea? I guess so. I mean, maybe I guess you're saying that this movie needed needed a lot of fixes it needed a lot of stakes i mean just based on your own reaction watching this movie you were very bored and restless and i think the reason is because there aren't really any stakes or moral quandaries that anyone is going through one area where i would say the stakes were needed without doing a huge rewrite like the ones ali is proposing is that about three quarters of the way through the movie Erin and her lawyer boss masri have connected with the larger legal team team and they decide to do a binding arbitration and they're trying to get all of the plaintiffs on board with this and they do a big town hall meeting and some people are angry they're worried that if they don't go to trial they're not going to get a fair settlement there's a lot of talk about that but throughout this whole thing you don't get the sense that they're really gonna lose anything like by that point in the movie they've got a pretty solid case it seems like there's going to be a great payout all the lawyers are saying, yes, it's a great payout. So It's only a matter of time. Yeah, so the townspeople are just kind of causing drama because they think that there's stakes, but we as the audience know that the stakes aren't really that high and they're probably going to be okay. So I think maybe if they could sort of amped up that drama somehow or made it seem like there really actually was a moment where there was something on the line that they might lose, I think that would have helped. Just kind of propel it to the end of the movie because that was the part where I was starting to get really snoozy. The whole binding arbitration thing, it's set up that the other lawyers that she's working with do it behind her back. They decide to do this and kind of try to push it through on the families and the families are outraged and they feel betrayed. Erin Brockovich, she can play this whole card of, well, I didn't know about it and I didn't support it. I would have told you and all that. What if she did know about it and she was complicit in the betrayal? Because the way it's presented, she's on their side and completely unblemished ethically or whatever way you want to paint it. But what if she did something like that that seemed like it was betraying them, but she felt like it was for their own good? And so when they are mad at her, which they are at one point, it's justified. Instead, we're completely on her side and she's always doing the right thing. Yeah, I think that actually could have helped a little bit. I didn't actually realize that they were betraying the village people. Why do I call them? The villagers. <laughs> Sorry, that's the YMCA. But... I didn't actually feel like they were betraying them, but I guess maybe I like missed that. But they did go behind Aaron's back. And I think the point they were making is that the townspeople didn't trust the big legal team. If they had just gone through Aaron to begin with, that they would have gone along with it without the big hullabaloo. So 21 years later, how would you say the movie holds up? Like, do you think it deserved all that praise and all those Oscar nominations and all that that it won? I would say wardrobe, hair, and makeup totally holds up. It's a nice little time capsule of 90s white trash looks, and I enjoyed that. Beyond aesthetics, I don't think I have much of a comment. (laughs) Well, it's one of those movies that I would say falls into the category of Hollywood safe, social justice light, kind of like Hidden Figures last time, where it's tackling all these serious issues, but nothing has sharp edges, nothing feels dangerous. It all feels very quaint and safe and predictable. There's one part where she gets this creepy phone call at home saying, Erin, you better stop being on this case because, and she, you know, she's close around and closes all of her blinds, but then nothing really happens after that. They could have turned it also another way to turn up the stakes or add drama would to have the corporation be like, 
actually really scary and do things more than just like a phone call also she wasn't even really scared by the phone call so no she was just angry yeah <laughs> yeah the corporation actually has barely any kind of presence in the movie you just see a couple of lawyers most of whom just have a handful of lines and that's about it it's treated like this big looming presence that we never really see or feel and just in terms of her winning an oscar i just want to say that the year that she won an Oscar, Ellen Burstyn was nominated for Requiem for a Dream. I don't know if you've seen oh, that movie. Oh, dang. That's a heavy movie. That, that was a powerful, impactful, memorable performance that I think that has stood the test of time in a way that Julia Roberts' performance here hasn't. But different audiences are looking for different things. Requiem for a Dream is excruciating to watch, even though it is a good film. movie. It's, that is not social justice yeah. light. Aaron Brockovich is very easy to watch. Almost to the point where you can kind of just lull yourself to sleep watching it, which you don't want in your social justice movie. So in that sense, I think it is a failure. So on to final judgment. Shannon, is Aaron Brockovich fixable, fine just as it is, or damaged beyond repair? My judgment after a binding arbitration is that Aaron Brockovich is fixable. I concur. I think we came up with a few ideas that would have upped the stakes, made it a bit more interesting, a little bit more edgy. But then again, what would you say is our favorite scene in the movie, Shannon? Well, this brings us back to her love interest character. That Motorcycle has, dude. And as we've already talked about, he's kind of like thrown in there. He just kind of shows up, he's taking care of his kids. And then at one point he does get angry and then he leaves. And I want to say here that if the gender roles were reversed, we'd definitely be having a conversation about, oh, I think they should have fleshed out the female supporting character. You know, because I was thinking that at the end, like, what's his motivation? Why is he taking care of her kids? He doesn't seem to be a pedophile. Is he just doing <laughs> it out of the kindness of his heart? And then there's that one scene where they kind of just show the inner turmoil of his character when he's burdened by all her kids at some kind of picnic or barbecue and he sees a few people riding off on the on the road on motorcycles and he just has this a forlorn wistful look, wistful eyes, look yeah. on his face that scene made me laugh the most and i would say is the most memorable scene in the movie and that's the turning point where he actually does leave her because he sees he the call of his manhood the call of the road yeah and after that after we viewed that movie we were out of town a little bit and for some reason we were seeing all these motorcyclists and each time <laughs> ali goes call of the road that's gonna be a running gag for for a while pretty sure so i agree fixable i would be interested to see this other version of this movie where aaron brockovich is not the main character but mark helgenberger is i think it would have been a better movie more impactful but we'll never know and we're just gonna have to be stuck with this one that i would say should be just relegated to the dustbin of history and as always before signing off we have some recommendations for things we've been watching lately shannon what are you recommending this time please don't let it be married at first sight ali knows that i have a running theme of recommending tv shows that have absolutely nothing to do with what we've talked about in this podcast so for those of you who don't know married at first sight is where single strangers decide to get married and the show follows their journey for the subsequent eight weeks but the show i actually want to recommend is one where couples who actually want to break up go on a reality tv show called temptation island and it is so great so juicy you get to see everyone's um, neuroses just bouncing off each other and back and forth. So that's my recommendation. Temptation Island. You can watch three seasons of it on Crave. Endless entertainment and fun at observing the anguish and suffering of others. They sign Highly up for recommend. It. And I'm going to take a different tack by recommending something that is 
a little bit relevant to the movie we review today. It's 1998's legal drama, A Civil Action. This is a John Travolta movie that has an eerily similar plot to Aaron Brockovich. Essentially, what it's about is a group of people who have been getting leukemia due to the poisoned water near their homes that has been dumped by an evil corporation. (laughs) And a lawyer who's very arrogant and narcissistic and self-involved and has this big fancy practice decides to take on the case and doesn't take it seriously at first, but then he becomes engrossed in the lives of these people and they're suffering and feels like he has to help them. And he actually, in the beginning, has a similar trajectory with Aaron where he's doing it more for his own ego and to flaunt his success. But as he gets more engrossed in this case, it starts costing more and more money and it actually destroys his firm and he becomes obsessed of getting justice for the victims, the families, until he's just as destitute as all of them. The reason I want to recommend this movie is because it does all the things that Aaron Brockovich does. It just has higher stakes and it's far more compelling. There's some great performances in the families that are suffering due to this company. One is James Gandolfini, who people will know from The Sopranos, a great early role for him. Don't watch Aaron Brockovich. Watch A Civil Action instead. But it doesn't have a female lead, so it doesn't have that check mark. It might as well be canceled now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of our social justice movie series. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Ali. And I'm Shannon. And we'll be back soon with a new episode. I hope not. No. <laughs> <laughs>